Hello, and welcome to the It's Worth Rambling About podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. Want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kayla. Oh, come on. (laughs) Guys, this is Kayla Cobb, a badass, like, bestie of mine. You want to talk about how we're friends? Yeah, so I know Grace from high school. Ew, we sound so... We went... I know, I sound like... I knew her all the way back in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, uh, me and Grace went to high school together and we were, well, we played volleyball together, but she was way better at volleyball oh, than I was. Oh, shut up. I, so no. <laughs> I didn't, like, I met her, like, during volleyball and then, um, like, we became friends. When did we, like, actually, like, freshman year, but, like, like, actually become friends? Because, like, we knew each other, like, in passing during volleyball season, but, like, we didn't. Well, volleyball season, I was just, like, sad. I know. Remember I was injured? Yeah. So, after that, I think we kind of, like, connect. I don't... There wasn't, like, a specific date. I think, honestly, we just, like, saw each other at games. And, like, I yeah. added you on Snapchat. And then, like, I would swipe up on your stores and be like, Slay! Like, it's, <laughs> it was sorry. freshman year. Slay Oh, um, ew! <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm trying to... Thing. I don't think there was a we had Spanish together I think like junior year oh. is like when we really like became friends yeah like, junior year we were friends sophomore year too but like I, I think, think it was junior year that we were like yeah we're buds yeah so I did like I describe my like people around me like the friends there's these circles mm-hmm. so you've got like your close circle your secondary circle and your third circle mm-hmm. so I think freshman year you were my third circle like we would like mm-hmm. be like friendly with one another but we didn't like actively talk to one another and then yeah. sophomore year we were in secondary circle and that's when like we would be like oh my gosh yeah that's my friend and like we yeah. like actually identify as friends and then yeah. junior year is when like you became in my inner circle yeah because we struggled in spanish together yeah yeah and honestly guys i'm not even bad at spanish but that class was just like senior <laughs> croissant if you're listening yeah, senor we croissant. love you we yeah. love you i honestly though he is a really nice guy like he is he I, is i just that class was so funny we gave him we there gave was him no business shit, like we was great yeah <laughs> we should not be sitting together like we were just laughing the whole time and he knew we shouldn't be sitting together but he he, he liked, liked us. us because we made him laugh you know but, and yeah. we like, got our work done but like yeah yeah <laughs> it made sense okay okay uh so for this very first episode I wanted to talk about something that's pretty important and needed needs to be talked about. Um, and that's Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And they do. In case anyone, if anyone's listening and doesn't agree with me. And that's on period. off. Like and right now. And that's on period. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but more specifically, I wanted to talk about like the big boom and like the attention that increased over the summer with Black Lives Matter. Like why do you think this summer there was such a like change a shift almost like a resurfacing um honestly like it just boils down to people being fed up because like well you saw a lot of protests and you also like i think for the first time in a very long time in history you saw um a lot of riots and you didn't really see like a lot of um racial riots and race riots uh we haven't seen a lot of them since like the 90s like when you have like rodney king yeah um and all those and all those good uh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like, i'm good. hopping on the podcast yeah. i'm gonna spit straight facts <laughs> exactly I yeah was like, i was like not good but yeah no they're <laughs> they're good because guess what they made history and you still like you were talking about them it made me it made people talk and i think that for the first time in a very long time because there was a sprinkle of violence a sprinkle of anarchy people actually you know started to pay attention because that's the only way people are going to listen because you can only do so many peaceful protests before it's like nobody's listening you know what i mean and obviously if nobody's listening to you and you have a valid concern you're gonna get upset so that was just like you know the pot boiling over right yeah well i Mm -hmm. mean like if you look at history and you're talking about like peaceful protests the things that we talk about in school even in history books are relating to like protests that were violent yeah yeah yeah. and like Like, a lot of times like in school like the i feel like the u.s education system does a really good job of um cherry picking what events they want to talk about and how they want to have the conversations around them um and you know they you know censor some stuff out and they're like oh well we weren't lying i was like yeah you weren't lying but you also weren't telling the complete truth so like you look at 
um, different marches like Martin Luther King and stuff like that. And uh, when we talk about Malcolm X, we always, and the Black Panthers, we always, you know, focus around, oh, they're bad because they were violent. No, they were trying to accomplish the same thing that King was doing, but they were just fed up of being told to, oh, wait your turn and, you know, just march a little bit, sing a couple songs and it'll all be better. Like they were, they were fed up. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now. And Martin Luther King was actually assassinated because towards the end of his life, he was starting to um, adopt more of Malcolm X's views and be like, yeah, maybe we should start, you know, doing yeah. that. And they, the government said no. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so unfortunately that happened. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think though, like, I mean, I might be biased, but our history like the department at normal community i mean junior high is a difference i mean uh, yes top tier and you notice that like they don't necessarily follow this like strict history like like guideline in their books Mm -hmm. they kind of just like do their own thing yeah and they talk about it in ways that um like totally embrace yeah multiple perspectives and while doing so like they like build relationships with students i learned so much from mr robinson and that is and I, I never thought I was going to learn that much about black history from a white male <laughs> yeah. in my entire life. But he literally like I remember first day U.S. history, like first thing we did was talk about black history. I was our first unit. And he was like, um, yeah, so the curriculum says this is that and that we're not going to do that. And he straight up was just like, yeah, no, we're, this is how I'm going to, we'll touch on these things, but these are what I really want to focus on. Right. So, um, and I learned so much from that man, honestly, truly. And I think that additionally, like a lot of our white history teachers from, Mm -hmm. I mean, even my professors at Mm -hmm. college, like they embrace this, like, yes, they're an ally, but they're also like trying to be anti-racist. They're mm-hmm. like making moves to be anti-racist, which yeah. is so important. Like there's a difference between being like, oh, I'm not racist and like actively trying to learn. Yeah. That's exactly why I have you on this podcast today. Cause like, obviously I could talk about black lives matter all day long, mm-hmm. but it's not my place. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, there's like nothing I can do like ever mm-hmm. that will make me understand what your life is like. Yeah. And like, in some circumstances, like, you're privileged in the sense that you have a home. Mm-hmm. And I still, like, no. So, like, there's some, there's people who, like, live on the south side of Chicago mm-hmm. and are, like, like inheriting this, like, shitty life. Uh-huh, yeah. Never will be able to understand them. Yeah. And I'll never be able to understand a really wealthy, you know, mm-hmm. person of color. So, like, it's just, yeah. It's sometimes yeah. it's not my place to talk about it. And I think that the history teachers and professors that I've come across in my past few years, like know that. Yeah. Which is so valuable. It's, yeah. it's incredible. I, I really attribute a lot of my like willingness to fight against this to them. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think as long as like, you may not be able to relate, um, but as long as you're willing to learn and be open-minded and put your differences and your life and your biases aside, then you'll you'll be able to learn. I think that's the most important thing. Like you have to come completely defenseless in order to, yeah. you know, gain knowledge and information about somebody yeah. else's life. There's a book. So I'm in this uh, race and popular culture class at my college. If you don't know, I go to Florida Southern College. It's this small college in the middle of Florida, and you're like, ooh, you know. But I'm taking ooh, this class. Central Florida. Yeah. Well, sort of. It's like in between Tampa and Orlando. Okay. All my Lakeland homies know. Ooh. <laughs> but um. I'm in this class, and there's literally, like, not that many kids. I think there's, like, 13. No, there's more than 13, but 13 people show up on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a race and popular culture class, and so I was really intrigued because I was like, what is this class in the middle of nowhere Florida have to offer? And it blew my mind. It's my favorite class I've ever taken. Mm-hmm. And we're reading – we read this book. We do these, like, analysis papers, and we read this book. It's called So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Aluo. Mm-hmm. And it completely, it like, oh my gosh, if you guys haven't read that book or you want to, you know, be anti-racist, uh, mm-hmm. that book is an excellent read. But it talks about how, like, this is going to be hard. Like, these conversations aren't easy. They're not meant to be easy. Yeah. And, like, you will never know. And sometimes, like, like white people, in, like, as history has stated, white people have a hard time shutting up and, like, listening. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily my fault directly, uh-huh. but I'm part of this system, this yeah, broken yeah. system. And that's like why we see in history classes, like 
that you said they're cherry picking Mm -hmm. that's part of the system yeah it's not necessarily that specific teacher Mm -hmm. now i may not agree with some of the things that that teacher has said yeah you have to understand that it's they're working for the system that's manufactured to harm black yeah yeah yeah. and that's the they're just following orders and not really taking a deeper look at right what they're actually teaching which i think um our teachers did a really good job of because a lot of times like there are amazing teachers out there and i think the ones that stand out the most are the ones that actually take pride in their job and they realize that they're actively educating the future you know right. like teacher doctors lawyers etc like everybody has to go to high school at some point um no matter you could be the most important man in the world and you would have had to be taught by somebody out of high school you know what i mean so i think our teachers really do um take account for that and you know they they realize that and they realize that they have a great you know responsibility to teach how what needs to be taught not what they you know yeah what are they're telling us that we need to learn but what needs to be taught right and my mom so my mom is my hero mm-hmm. uh she's just a badass <laughs> yes she, krista she, krista pop off <laughs> <laughs> she uh is this like trailblazer progressive leader in state farm and she talked she during this summer uh when like i said everything was bringing to attention and like with covid and the combination of like everything going on she made it a point to make sure that state farm what she was managing in state farm was control like she can control like what mm-hmm. they hear mm-hmm. and a lot of what she f- like taught me um in like listening to some of the lectures that she did yeah she said like we're asking our people of co- like friends that are people of color Mm-hmm. or black friends to do the work for us mm-hmm. so we're like i'll it, for instance i'd be like kayla can you like educate me on like racism oh my god but don't even get me started on this <laughs> yeah so like don't but even that's get me not started. white people doing the work they're mm-hmm. just sitting back and they're listening yeah white people need to do the work you need to read the books yeah you need to take the classes you need to watch the movies yeah. listening to the songs yeah like and that's something i also like my mom you know embraced that nature mm-hmm. and whatever and then my class that I took this semester embraced it and so and it was really cool taking that class during this yeah, time yeah but yeah you want to touch on like yeah white people asking you to educate them it's like well first off if you really honestly truly like you can't know exactly what a black person is going through but you have some scope of an idea you know what I mean with the political climate that we're in right now right there is a lot going on in the typical black person's head um, just from uh, like recently, you know, what I mean, like you got COVID disproportionately affecting black and black communities and communities of color. Right. So you, you have that because we're, we're at high risk because we usually have high blood pressure, uh, a bunch of health issues. Right. Your so voices you have, aren't even heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so and then um, and on top of that, a failing healthcare system in most of low income areas. So you can't even get adequate help. So you have COVID-19. Right. And then you have um, this entire Black Lives Matter thing. I think everybody um, over the past couple of months has formed some type of opinion, um, hopefully good, but you do have those who have formed bad opinions about the movement out there that are just walking around and you don't know if they want to harm you or not because right. they see you as a black person and they're like, oh, you know, black lives don't matter or blue lives matter. You know what I mean? Just stuff. Making it political Yeah, when making it's it not. political when it's not. So you have that. Um, and then I think the movement has was obviously spurred by experiences that we have as black people on a daily basis, like interactions with police officers, interactions with people at our jobs, stuff like that. So the movement being more prevalent over the last couple of months has only aggravated those problems a little bit more because now more people have an opinion on it. Um, so you have that just a bunch of stuff going on. Um, and then not to mention the traumas that you see, because like a lot of times, like when these incidents happen, when fatal incidents happen, there's a video that goes along with it. And so you get on social media and that's the first thing you see is right. like, you know, a black kid getting shot in the street or in front of his family by a police officer. Or I saw like this one picture of um, this uh, black boy. I forgot what his name is. I have to go back and find it um, at some point. And, but there was this black kid that went, 
to hang out with his one of his white friends and then they found his body a couple of days later mutilated like very similar to Emmett Till if yeah. you've if you've seen the Emmett Till very very similar to that um and that was on like four times I was sitting there like in an hour I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw that picture like four times right and I'm like that is a lot you know what I mean so you get all this stuff thrown into your face and so then you finally go to take a deep breath and you're like hey this has got to stop and then you have somebody swipe up and be like so tell me about it blah blah blah. I'm like I am tired my brain literally cannot like I'm already trying to process it for myself and me trying to formulate it and put it into words from you where there's various outlets for you to go look at it you don't even have to you can read a book if you aren't into reading there are I know you have Netflix. I know you Blind have Spotting on Amazon, y'all. If you want to watch a movie. Sorry, it's I did good. not mean to interrupt. No, 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 you. It you're just thought to my mind. Like, yeah. Uh so go on. No, yeah, no, it's good, but um uh, yeah, there's you can watch anything nowadays. Um you there's so many documentaries, movies, songs. I know like and that's the other thing. People absorb black culture constantly, but then when it comes to black artists talking about issues and it's like oh I don't want to I'm like you already consume black culture on a daily basis whether you know it or not um so you might as well you know gain some knowledge from it but I just I I hate when people are like educate me I'm like I'm not an encyclopedia and I think for you to go it's one thing for you to have a conversation like a quick conversation about it because I think those conversations do need to be had but if you want to get to know it in depth as you should um I think it takes more than just going to your black friends and you know being like hey tell me about this this that and the other when you can do it yourself because you know they're tired and you know that they're probably mentally exhausted and drained and also it limits like your perspective because just because I'm a black woman there are billions of black women out here that have different stories and experiences than I am just because we're the same race and the same sex does not mean that we automatically are all one person right we're connected by that by those experiences being black and being a woman but there's we all have different stories so I think that you're muting everybody else by just going to one and not trying to seek out other people's stories yeah and it was it was interesting when you talked about like absorbing black culture Mm because that's also something we talked about in that yeah um there was a prof- there's a philosophy professor at my college who did a lecture, and his name's Dr. Nethery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an amazing guy! I mean, this guy literally blew my mind. Um, mm-hmm. He folk he does a lot of studying on rap. Mm-hmm. He's a white guy, mm-hmm. and that's like he focuses on uh, male rappers. He doesn't focus on because there's like so much different when yeah. you talk about male and female rappers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he said this, and I have a quote. Um, he said, "Rap gave me a perspective on a world I will never know because I'm white." Mm-hmm. So when you really analyze some of the lyrics, so we did this assignment where we had to take a rap song, we had to anal- like write an analysis about it, mm-hmm. and mine um, was about the bigger picture by mm-hmm. Lil Baby, mm-hmm. and great song, great yeah. song, and it's not something I typically would actually listen to, but mm-hmm. if you like listen to the lyrics, it's just like mm-hmm. some riveting stuff. Yeah, and um, I highly encourage all of you guys to look up Doctor Nether. He is such an intelligent man mm-hmm. like I literally my brain cells were like popping because mm-hmm. I was just like I can't comprehend this yeah. level of intelligence yeah. um but you're so right like we totally absorb black culture I mean the mm-hmm. same people who are screaming the n-word at a concert are mm-hmm. the ones that are like enjoying it yeah because a lot of like um, as humans we mm-hmm. enjoy when these like like tri- like these beats uh-huh. are like playing yeah uh i think it's like seismic or something like that yeah we yeah, enjoy, yeah like as humans we enjoy that so people yeah. are automatically attracted to rap music but then when you start talking about like the whole um pers- what what's the word i'm looking for they just want to act yeah. black yeah, yeah and yeah, they're yeah. not and yeah. like that's a huge part of mm-hmm. what people don't understand i think and everyone's I think, naive to that yeah i think you can definitely like um take part in and respect another person's culture but also still notice that um you're not a part of that culture like for example like I really love like uh Latinx culture and Latinx people like I, yes. I think I'm I'm very into it I, I want a minor in Spanish same and I'm yeah. a Spanish minor <laughs> yeah Senor Cresson, you did one thing right exactly actually you did a lot of things right you Sorry. did a lot of things right love it but um yeah no uh I I really love that culture but I also um like I love the music I love the food. I could eat Mexican food all day, every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I love it. And 
the people are some of those amazing, sweetest, most down to earth, kind, and also intelligent people that you'll ever meet in your entire life. Um, And I was like, yeah, I just really wouldn't be fully immersed in this culture. But I also recognize that I myself am not Latinx and that there's more to their culture than just, you know, the food, the music and the people. You also have to get to know, like, you know, the uglier side of, you know, what they go through. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, one thing I did over quarantine was um, I watched uh, a documentary on Netflix. And it was, oh, my gosh. Come on, girl. Pull I through. I, I know. I, I can't even I can't even think of the name. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm a, I'm a some, some, background, some, background. some background music real quick. No, I'm not going to let my podcast listeners listen. How are you guys? <laughs> while we take this brief intermission while Kayla looks up the name, I want to focus on you. Ah, I got it. I got okay. it. I got it. <laughs> Immigration okay. Nation. It's okay. so good. It's called Immigration Nation on Netflix. So I uh, I was up painting one night because I couldn't sleep. Um, and I was just like, I was like, let's learn something. And so um, I put on this documentary called Immigration Nation. And it follows um, ICE agents, actually. So the producers of the documentary told ice that it was going to be like you know like a piece that was like showing you know like the day-to-day lives of these good samaritans these oh ice God. officers you know they they put their lives on the line every day and um it was actually an expose piece and they and they didn't realize that until after it was put out and they tried to get it taken down <laughs> multiple times and just to see the stories of these immigrants and what they had to go to and what they were fle- fleeing from as well and how we treat them when they come over here and they don't want anything but a better life is absolutely saddening. But it made me aware of, you know, something past tacos. You know what I mean? Like I'm now yeah. I'm aware of like what they actually go through. And I think um, white people and people that aren't black need to sit down and do the same thing with black culture because it really does influence every single part of our lives every single day. Um, you just have to be willing to take a deeper look and not just look on the surface yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many like avenues of this issue, mm-hmm. like the black lives matter issue. Mm-hmm. I could talk for like yeah. hours and hours and hours. Yeah. About it. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not a simple issue. And that's like a lot of people categorize Black Lives Matter as a po- like a um, it's not politics. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. It's not politics. Yeah. But they like to put these things in categories to make it easier to establish. OK, this is right. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. And we need to embrace the gray area because yeah. there's so like like I said, these conversations aren't easy. You're yeah. going to have to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, If we're let's move on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm gonna ask a, a question or two, maybe yeah. three. I don't know. See how we're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like living in a town like Bloomington, Illinois, or Columbia, Missouri, where she goes to college? I um, go to Mizzou. Go Tigers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know nothing about Mizzou. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I mean I can support them because you go there, but I go Mizzou. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what's it like living in a town like Bloomington or Columbia, um, and being black? Like, what's something that I necessarily wouldn't. I mean, there's like, there's, I could talk for hours. <laughs> hours. <laughs> You're too close to the oh. mic. <laughs> <laughs> this topic. She got close to the mic, y'all. She went oh. hours. <laughs> hours. <laughs> About this topic. But uh, honestly, I, okay, so Bloomington Normal is a, PWI so predominantly well not a PWI but a predominantly white town PWI stands for predominantly white institution um so in Mizzou is also a PWI it's a predominantly white institution so um for me I always felt kind of isolated growing up in Bloomington Normal because I was like one of two black kids that went to my elementary school Um, and I remember always being, um, left out or made to feel different, but I really couldn't like put my finger on why, because, you know, in elementary school, like, you're like, man, they're just mean. Like, why are they being mean? Like, I don't. Bullies. High school bullies. (laughs) All of you. High school bullies. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, like they just like, you don't, cause you don't really, 
you you don't really like race is a social construct so at that age i don't know you're like beep boop bop exactly no literally i'm just here baby i didn't ask to be here but i'm here and you're just living you know what i mean um but you quickly soon to realize like you said humans like to categorize things and we start that very very early when we're younger and um you know elementary school is the first time where we're away from our parents and like our um, immediate family for extended periods of time and a lot of ways that you know kids deal with that is by categorizing so they hang out with people that looks like you know that look like their their brothers or sisters or moms and dads you know what I mean um and so me not looking like any of their <laughs> family members or <laughs> close friends I you know I naturally get left out um I remember like one time I was uh, on the playground and uh, this is pre Tiana um, age, but we were playing Disney princesses and uh, I, I wanted to be Cinderella and we were yeah you talked about this in your speech yeah i did and like I, the impact of it doesn't like really hit you until like you're older and you're like man that's why <laughs> but um yeah no so i like wanted to be cinderella and like all the girls are like no you can't be cinderella and i was like why not and they were like she doesn't look like you you can't be cinderella and like obviously they didn't mean anything they're they're children but i was like Oh my god! For the first time, I was like, none of the Disney princesses look like me. Does that mean I can't be a princess? And yeah, so, uh, yeah, that and, hurts my yeah, heart. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> none of them look like me. Meanwhile, like Tiffany, Stephanie, and Brittany are arguing which one of them <laughs> can be Sleeping be. Beauty. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, yeah, no, I remember being like, I mean, they're not wrong, and like, so I was like, I guess you're right, and I ended up being like one of the horses in the carriage. <sighs> And so that, like, that really, I was like, damn, I, I just wanted to be a princess for once. You know what, Kayla? But you are a princess. Thank you. You know, and this why? Is why oh, there's sorry. only one, still only one black Disney princess. I feel like we deserve I more know. than just Tiana. But <laughs> and not every black girl, like, has got to be like Tiana. Tiana exactly. Um, oh, that's so, exactly. that's so difficult for or, me to, like, process. Yeah, or, like, when I would have, like, crushes and stuff. I remember, oh, my God, Alec McGinnis, if you're listening. Oh, my God, you're dropping names. I used names. to have the biggest crush <laughs> on you. Uh, I, I can't believe have, you're dropping names. You <laughs> used to have the biggest crush on this dude named Alec. Oh, my God. And I remember telling um, my friends about, some of which I'm, like, still friends with. And, like, we were talking about this the other day. But uh, I told Hannah uh and hannah bali if you're listening hello oh um, my god <laughs> i was like hannah i really like alec and she was like um okay <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's reassuring you know, literally and i was like yeah oh she was like why don't you she's like i think you should like duncan the only other black kid that went to prairie land elementary oh my god <laughs> and, we were talking about this the other day. I was talking to her. She was like, I was so racist when I was little. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but just like a lot of that and like even carrying on into high school, still that archetype of like you have to like date somebody that or just feeling undesired by guys because not only are you black, there's also colorism that plays into it. You're a darker black skinned woman. Oh. And that has carried on through high school. No, like I never really got any attention from guys um and then which i don't know why girl you you bad thank you thank <laughs> you but um and then even like carrying on into uh college like same thing with with guys and stuff but college is, has been a different experience because uh i obviously i'm at a pwi and i'm a minority um at a pwi uh and the black kids that i'm friends with at college are honestly like a really gr good group of people for the most part but um, when I first got there, I was like, they were very standoffish, and I didn't understand why. Like, mm -hmm. I remember we had, like, this meetup at this one central location on campus, and I was, like, introducing myself, and they were not trying to talk to me at all, and I was so confused. But a lot of them were from, like, inner city areas like Chicago or St. Louis, and I was talking to my sister about it, and she was like, well, Kayla, like, they're from Chicago. They're not used to, you know, like, you have to have a wall up. Yeah. where when you grow up in an inner city so you growing up in a pwi and you know not really having to deal with that issue you you naturally don't have a wall up which is to your advantage that's something that they're gonna have to you know learn to get over uh slowly 
throughout college you know what I mean I was like I didn't even think about it like that because I I didn't grow up in that environment so I never had to think about you know what I mean like stuff like that so even like going to college like like I said every black person has a different experience and that really opened my eyes like you're you're right (laughs) you're yeah no like you're right so um yeah I rambled for a very long time on that but it's (laughs) worth rambling about (laughs) it's worth it that's why my podcast is named this uh uh, another question. Mm-hmm. Do you believe America is systemically racist? Oh, of course. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Mike Pence would say otherwise, but maybe <laughs> that's why you're out of office. Anyway. This is going to be a drama channel by the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, you're dropping literally. names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, this. what systems do you, I mean, obviously, like, America as uh-huh. a system, racist. Uh-huh. Like, if you think otherwise, yeah. baby, you dumb. But we like, literally, people of color literally built. Like, we took we took this entire country from indigenous and uh, Latinx yes. people. Yes. And then Precisely. you bought people that didn't even ask to be here, <laughs> right? And then made them work for you forcefully. <laughs> so it's right. like we literally built. Like that's why, like when people are like, oh people of color are a drain on the economy i'm like baby we built the economy yeah <laughs> i was like we built this entire country but anyway sorry yeah <laughs> well also just like the whole idea of like black lives matter versus like all lives matter or blue Ugh. lives matter when we say black lives matter we are not inherently saying all lives don't matter mm-hmm. because of course all lives matter like that's mm-hmm. the whole point of living Duh. like we matter but there is this when when you say all lives matter blue lives matter or whatever you want to say it's taking away from the fact that you are you're not acknowledging that black people are hated mm-hmm. or black people are systemically like scrutinized mm-hmm. for just various things like though this country was made literally when slaves were a part of it like like all men are created equal that mm-hmm. did not include black people yeah and that is the problem. And it didn't and include women, and it didn't include indigenous no. people, and it didn't so include like all men are people. That's kind of bullshit. It was straight white men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was straight white men. Proper, it was straight white right, rich men. Straight white rich men because we had to own property. Get the taste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So whenever there, you know, I'm not saying like the whole government needs to just like shut down like Uh no 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 yeah no 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 Uh (laughs) we just need to like revise some things that need tweaking so like yeah that's honestly all black people want they don't want to be put on this pedestal when people are like they have everything it's the things that you don't like a lot of people don't understand until it directly affects them yeah so like That and that is a multifaceted thing. That could be with like ableism, sexism, racism, mm-hmm. you know, ageism. That literally can happen, and it, it's sucky because mm-hmm. Americans then in turn are selfish. That's mm-hmm. the whole mask thing. Yeah, like it doesn't directly affect them; they don't care. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, yeah no, I'm, it, I'm not gonna go on that tangent. It literally it, it sucks, and like as long as people like, as long as people diminish the entire statement black lives matter by saying all lives matter and stuff like that like you really have to sit down and think about like when we're talking about the constitution like when they said all men are created equal they meant all straight white rich men like i said with Um, weird hair with yeah with with weird hair Um, (laughs) girl who is doing their hair literally (laughs) weird hair but um i was like when we were talking about like you know, people, I got into this argument with uh, this one dude that I thought was my friend from high school. Um, and he was trying to like forcefully make me educate him on black matters and stuff. And he caught himself going on a tangent about uh, how privileged I was, which, which I am privileged. I'm privileged than most. And I'm willing to acknowledge that but because he was from a lower economic standard. He was trying to diminish. He was trying to play the struggle Olympics with me. And yeah. I was like, no, I, we're not going to sit here and do that. Um, but I was like, the only reason he brought up like me getting into college, he's like, I wouldn't be able to do that because I don't have enough money to. I was like, first off, who said I had enough money to? Baby, I will be in debt. Um, right. But also, like, at the same time, like, I'm like, there literally are laws written, like, written in that had to be passed for me to be able to go to college. You, as a straight white male, you don't, you don't have to worry about those being taken away. Because, like, when 
RBG died, I was Ugh. I was scared. I was like, all I my know. all my rights are up for grabs right now. I was like, you have the your privilege because you don't have to worry about that. You don't right. have to worry about that because if those are stripped, then I'm way less privileged than you are because I can't even get an education. Like that is a privilege to not have to d- depend on laws being written in for you to be like, yeah, no, she should be able to go to school. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, I mean, and this like whole idea of us being naive we're born with ignorance and ignorance isn't a bad thing necessarily but mm-hmm. if you're 18 years old you need to acknowledge it because it's a problem and you're yeah, going to college and exactly you're have children and whatever mm-hmm. um but there's this uh, there's this echo chamber that we and i didn't coin that term that term i actually heard it first from ben guo on hayden weiss's podcast mm-hmm. if you haven't heard his podcast it's really great i would check it out mm-hmm. um but he said Ben said that there's this thing called like an echo chamber where we like only listen to the things that are echoing back. Mm-hmm. So like on Twitter, when you mm-hmm. like when you see your feed, it's mm-hmm. people that it shows you what you want to see. Yeah. And, and this, TikTok. Ooh. And yes, your for you to page, you can literally decide what <laughs> says not interested. No, like, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, social media is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and talking to people are powerful. But at some point, you just need to like kick down those barriers of ignorance Mm -hmm. and start to like learn Mm -hmm. and there are like times where i have literally like cried in my room looking at things about black lives matter reading Mm -hmm. things watching things whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm acknowledging my privilege and i'm literally crying and i'm like if this is some sort of like dash of pain that they feel like Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine yeah and that that's what a lot of people are missing yeah and i think honestly i think majority people in like gen z they Mm -hmm. get it they're Mm -hmm. like yeah this this is messed Mm -hmm. up i i would love i would like to think that majority of us are like Uh, yeah yeah no we get it uh, but there there are still some like <laughs> i think it was uh, on npr they said like 95 percent of counties in america had like a protest about black lives matter in the i love that that's good news yeah and i mean like psh, montana mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah i know like uh, yeah and i think experiences like yours are really like you know like you sitting there and like crying and really sit- sitting with that because like when i watched that documentary uh immigration nation that that i literally sat there i i got emotional multiple times but i think i really sat there and cried when they did the um because it's like a couple episodes but they uh did an episode about the kids and mm-hmm. i really like sat there and like cried right. <laughs> and then um when i was at college and rbg died um we were talking my best friend luca he was like he came to my room and he was crying he was like kayla i might not be able to get married if they and i literally and he i was like i was crying with him and that was like one of those moments i was like you really like like i'm not a part of the lgbtq uh i plus community but like that really broke my heart that like you know what i mean just people just stuff that they you, don't get it yeah you know what i mean yeah simply put just, they just don't get it yeah yeah Ugh. um well uh some of the listeners may not know, but you recently spoke at a rally this summer in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Uh, go you. That was Thank such you. a badass thing. My Literally, my brother so and her minute. girlfriend texted me. and were like, Kayla's speaking right now. This is so <laughs> cool. I know you said in your video, it was like, I wrote this 30 minutes ago. <laughs> um, can you tell us like that why that was something you did and why it was so important to you? Um, well, I knew that I wanted to be involved in the movement like somehow, some sort of way. Um, and I like was trying to figure out how I could get involved because we were in a pandemic and I was like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not, I don't know why I said we're like, we're not still in a pandemic, (laughs) baby. We are in a pandemic. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, that was, that was like one of my main concerns. But then I was like, well, like, like you, you gotta do something. Um, and the opportunity kind of just fell in my lap. Like I had a, um, friend be like hey there's gonna be this rally in downtown Bloomington you should speak at it um a couple other high school students are speaking at it too and I was like oh yeah okay I didn't know how big the rally was gonna be oh if people (laughs) who weren't there or my peeps in Florida are listening yeah (laughs) it was for Bloomington Illinois it was pretty big. It, it was, was big. my mom and I went there. We were like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, this is insane. And I yeah. saw so many people from like. Yeah, it was crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah, go on. It was just. Uh, it was. Yeah. No. It was. I. I pulled up. First off, I was running late because I had just gotten off work. Um, I was working from home. Uh, doing like a, ew, a phone job. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know that bumped up too. I know. <laughs> exactly. 
(laughs) (laughs) disgusting and um i was like looking at my clock and i was like oh my god 30 minutes to write this speech before i need to be on my way and so i like sat there i was just like jotting down thoughts you know i was like how are we gonna open up the speech and stuff i just got done taking oral comm shout out miss vernon yes yes oh my god that's another one of my favorite classes yes it was so and like that i was like thinking through and that's a class that i honestly think like there's a couple classes in high school where it's like will i ever really use it i literally i think i will use stuff that i learned from that class in my daily life all the time me too and so i was like going through i was like what would vernon say (laughs) and um i was like i think for 30 minutes this is pretty good so i went and then got there was running a little bit late um i was like i'm gonna be late and they're like we'll move you to the end and i was like amazing um and i didn't know that i was gonna be like the end you know what i mean like the finale the mic <laughs> exactly and so i um got there and i was just reading my speech man i was super nervous i like i said there was a lot of people and I, I speak a lot if you have not caught on uh by this podcast in the podcast it up. yeah so um but I'd never I, like speaking in front of crowds kind of makes me a little bit nervous so I was like Rrr. uh and it was kind of emotional like deeply personal stuff that I hadn't really talked about in public uh so that's less like a thousand yeah people. exactly <laughs> so um it was like kind of like you know inner thoughts I thought it was gonna be like maybe 30 people and I was like woo and no there was way more um so i just i just started speaking and like like you said like the story about the disney princesses i opened up with uh with that and like what growing up in Bloomington normal as a black kid was like and um the lessons that my parents taught us very very early um at an early age about being black and a pwi and you know what to do if a cop stops you and what to do if a white kid says this to you and stuff like that you know what i mean and um it was honestly really ironic because the princess speech like half of the kids that I used to play with at elementary school were sitting front row and like they like came up to me afterwards and they were crying and they're like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to make you feel like that you like guilt trip them (laughs) I didn't even even realize that they were sitting front row because like I said I was like nervous I was just you know like where you look ahead when you're speaking so you don't have to look at people's faces I was doing that thing and so then they come up to me and I was like you were sitting right there that entire time (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so but it was honestly like i i loved um just to see the positive reactions to you know me like pouring my heart out really uh really encouraged me and then i spoke at a couple more um and uh i've I've been in the newspapers a couple times that was really cool hell yeah but just to know that like people are um listening to like what i have to say and what we as a whole have to say is very encouraging right yeah yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely a highlight for me this mm-hmm. summer because I, I couldn't do a lot of, like, normal summer things. I was already, mm-hmm. like, depressed. And, yeah, yeah. And I went, and I was like, wow. Like, this, like, I, like I had hope. Like, yeah. it was just, like, a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And to see, like, such, like, outcry mm-hmm. of positivity of just, like, we can do this. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, there was a lot of, like, anger. Yeah. But it wasn't an anger that I was fearful of. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe towards the end when there was a... Yeah. But the anger that I was fearful of wasn't from the Mm -hmm. black people that were represented on Mm -hmm. stage. Yeah. It was from a white supremacist motorcycle idiot who drove through a crowd. Yeah. And that's, that's like, and that's the thing. Like, there was a lot of uh, anger. Well, I think there was frustration that stemmed from anger, but we were willing to talk it out and then... You have events like like later on after that, like, you know, we were marching in the street and yeah, this white supremacist drove through the parade. The police did not stop him and they didn't pursue him at all. Right. And they didn't find him until later on that day. But um, the the chaos didn't start until that happened. You know, I mean, there's always something a lot of times when you look at the riots and stuff, there's always somebody, usually not the peaceful protesters, but something that triggers it like those events and then we get the bad rap for it i'm like we didn't even it wasn't us that threw the first punch you know what i mean um and uh just you know that's you get a bad rap for it and that that really sucks and it frustrates me that that overshadows and like if you go to a lot of rallies like now they'll say like if you're planning on rioting leave because the bad press is going to fall on us and most of the time people that are trying to riot are white men right and we're like 
no, you need to leave because that's going to fall back on us, not you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to blame it on us. So if that's your intention, you need to leave. Um, but yeah, I think that it definitely was a very powerful um, moment in time. I never thought I was going to be able to say I got ran over, almost ran over by a white supremacist before. Uh, <laughs> that was not, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be. <laughs> so, and I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> for those of you who are listening still, <laughs> um, I wasn't with Kayla during this time. Mm. And uh, my group chat, um, they were like, where's Kayla? Like, well, when that happened, they were like, where is everybody? Like, is everyone safe? Everyone responded except Kayla. <laughs> and Kayla is historically really bad at answering her phone. <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> and especially for this podcast, I was literally like, are you coming? <laughs> um, but girl, girl I got <laughs> you came. <laughs> um, anyway, so we were like, where's Kayla? Like for an hour, there was like this, like I was crying. There was like this deeply rooted fear of like what we didn't know was happening. There wasn't a lot of information going on. We knew someone was driving through a crowd, but we didn't know what it was like a motorcycle, truck, car, whatever. We knew nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I, my mom and I just drove around downtown, which is where this rally took place. And was like mm-hmm. literally just like looking. And then finally, like, Kayla called me, and I, like, I had this, like, weight lifted off my shoulders. But, like, that fear mm-hmm. is, like, a dash of what you experience. Yeah. And, like. Very I, traumatizing. Because the girl that actually ended up getting hit, she was, I was six feet away from getting hit because he was driving on S-curves like this. Because he was trying to knock out as many. He was trying to go for points, baby. And. Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. He was trying to go for points. And so he, um, literally just, and thank God, Kirsten, uh, one of my friends was there. She pulled me out the way because I was, like what i was like what is going on and so she pulled me out the way but if she wouldn't have pulled me out the way i would have gotten hit but the girl that ended up getting hit was like five feet in front of me and that was traumatizing just right. to like see her because you saw her like fly up in the air it was bad it was bad we didn't know she like died or not uh. but yeah um yeah man yeah man that's why and you're talking about like it's a powerful moment but i think it needs to be more than a moment because when you have experiences like these like these are experiences and it's not even comparable to like what my ancestors had to go through but um you know it's definitely like uh the fact that I'm still going through them and like my 87 year old grandma you know moved to Chicago from Mississippi because she saw a sorry um, <laughs> I was moving the wire I get fidgety um but like she um moved to Chicago uh, from Mississippi because she, you know, on her way home from work, she was walking with my uncles and saw a black man hanging in the route that they used to take. She was like, I can't, you know what I mean? And just to, for her to have those experiences and me to have similar ones, not to any of the same extent, but still dealing with the same general problem is, you know, it needs That's to insane. be. That's in, literally so insane. Yeah. She's, she just turned 87 and like, you know, like the fact that we can be like, Hey, you had a white supremacist chase you down too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just, you got letters from the KKK too. That's crazy. Oh my. Um, yeah. That's like, uh, that's, that's sad because you know, for a lot of times people, it's a moment, but for us, it's never a moment. It's, it's a, a constant reality. You know what I mean? And, um, I think it needs to be more than a moment because it's very uh systematic and there's so many different systems that are built upon racism um and that that we can't that we need to dismantle so it can't it can't be a moment right. you know what i mean and you know there's there's people that don't get it uh-huh. and i want to just sit down and have a conversation with them i don't mm-hmm. want to be violent i don't want to be i don't want to be snarky i don't want to be like finger pointing like you're wrong like yeah that's not what it's about yeah the whole perspective of life is growth yeah you grow as an intellectual from when you're born from when you're dead mm-hmm. like you just grow and i mm-hmm. feel like we cannot deprive people of growth mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to have these conversations yeah and and in, to- in order to grow you need to be uncomfortable too right yeah you, this is gonna be hard as mm-hmm. ijiyama aluo said this mm-hmm. is gonna be hard you're gonna like literally want to cry into a ball and mm-hmm. eat cheetos mm-hmm. but you know what suck it up this yeah is part of growing up you mm-hmm. have to grow up you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying <sighs> but yeah i hate when people say like systematic racism isn't i'm like like i said if me a 18 year old and my 87 year old grandma can sit down and be like yeah you got letters from the kkk you got ran down by a white supremacist you saw black uh innocent black men dying in front of your face yeah you know what i mean how can it not she's she's almost 90 and i'm 18 those are those are those are generations right. of the same issues so Awful. it has to be a system you know it's just so 
Ugh. Yeah. Heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, to lighten the mood, I have a question for you before we do our little close. Uh-huh. Are you a kind of person that likes pineapple on pizza? No. All right. Can you tell me why? Uh, I just don't think that it belongs on pizza. Agreed. Perfect. Yeah, I just I just think it's very, you know, I very gave strange. it a try. I literally tried it, and I was like, it's just like warm pineapple. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't think it belongs on pizza. I think certain savory things, like, I think I think it's the tomato sauce that throws me off. Hmm. Like, the tomato sauce and the pineapple together, I just, it just doesn't make sense to doesn't me. Doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it was such an amazing time having yes. you on this podcast. Like, no joke. I love, 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 love that you can be able to do this and that you were my first guest. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, if you want to find out more about the BLM or Black Lives Matter movement, you can go to blacklivesmatter.org. You can also talk to me or Kayla if you want to. I mean, (laughs) we're not like all that, but we can talk to you. Uh, um, My Instagram is at KaylaDanielleX02. Oh, you really giving yourself a shout out right now? Follow me. Girl, get out of here. Go watch the speech. I posted it on there. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) If you follow her because of that. Girl. Okay. If um, you enjoy reading. The book I had mentioned previously is So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Aluo. Um, a movie that I highly recommend watch is Blind Spotting, the Amazon movie that I talked about. And mm-hmm. a song that I talked about is Little Baby's The Bigger Picture. That was just a little rundown. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in my podcast, make sure you follow me on Instagram and subscribe to the channel. Um, I'm not sure how frequently I'll be uploading these. We'll see how it works. Well, you got to get a different mic first because right now I'm talking on okay. a rock band mic. No, <laughs> you can't. You expose me like that. But here's the thing. It's inspiring because if I'm sitting here talking to you on a rock band mic right now, <laughs> you can make a podcast too. Okay, Ugh, guys, making a podcast <laughs> is hard. It is hard. It took me like hours. And you know how in the trailer, actually, you probably, I don't know, if you listen to the trailer, I talked about how it set me, it took me three hours to set up my mics. One of them didn't work. So I had to literally improvise. And Kayla is using a rock band mic from my childhood. And it works. Inspiring. Doesn't it? Inspiring. That's an inspiring story. Remember your roots. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you have any suggestions, feel free to leave some of the reviews. You can uh, text me, DM me um, at IWRA podcast on Instagram. We are officially at 150 followers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you going to do a giveaway like those weird things? Absolutely not. I have no money. <laughs> this is literally just for. Giveaway at 200 followers. <laughs> I, I hate you. Okay. Uh, like I said in the trailer, um, I wanted to do a quote after every single podcast episode just to leave you guys with. Um, and I, this quote is from John Lewis. I thought it was fitting for this episode. Rip um, John Lewis. I know. Um, when you see something that's not right, not just, not fair. You have a moral obligation to say something. Our children and their children will ask us, what did you do? What did you say? By John Lewis. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like what I said in my speech. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fitting. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. We love that I actually like did that right. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. uh, That's all, you guys. Have a great Thank day. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Actually, guys, like totally talk to Kayla. She's pretty cool. Uh, thank you. She's the bestie for the resty. Thank you. Grace is cool. All right. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.